Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Amy Canavan after a quite incredible weekend. Amy, how did you spend it? How did you watch that game yesterday? I, I consumed it in Glasgow because I wasn't I wasn't working or anything like that. I was uh, doing other stuff so I was actually uh, in Cardonald which is probably not the area that I perhaps wanted to be in but I was there uh, and I got to watch the game there. Um, so that was a new experience but uh, yeah, half the room, half the room, not. But it's—I um, I don't watch it very often with 
Rangers fans for long enough. So I think that's probably the first time that I've done so. Uh, not through choice again. Um, but it was an experience. Wanted to tick off the list, put it that way. Yeah, anybody from Cardonald CSCs in the area, give us a shout out in the comment section. Amy Canavan was in your hood and uh, watching the game. Not working, which is brilliant. Obviously, I was here um, and I will be here tomorrow night also. Um, loads of comments coming in. Keep them coming in. I have been so bold as to say that Celtic have entered a period of domestic domination. I take that. Amy's nothing to do with the headline. Don't give her any stick. Give me the stick. But uh, I just feel that you know, I'm confident enough to say that, Amy. There was a few things. Um, obviously, you've had a few cracking predictions in your time on a Celtic State of Mind. Um, howlers as well, by the way. We'll not talk about the howlers, right? Anthony <laughs> Ralston, you were shouting for big uh, the brickie to come in, and uh, you were saying give him a give the boy a chance. You were you were saying play him ahead of uh, John Joe Kenny and all this kind of stuff. It didn't quite happen, but obviously it came to fruition. And um, th- there's a few other bits. So I was looking at some of the previous episodes. I was looking at the one where we were banging on about the brilliance of this uh, wonder kid, Jota. Uh, we called him a Portuguese wonder kid. And we likened him to Danny, who was another Portuguese wonder kid, who eventually uh, came to Celtic for a trial and then quit football altogether, I think the age of 26 or something. Uh, and people were coming onto the socials saying, you can't talk about Jota in these terms. You know, he's too young. We've never seen him playing. One year on, the guy is an absolute hero. We're going to have to talk about him. Before we get into the game, Amy, right? And, and by the way, I don't mind labouring the point of yesterday's game because it was superb. It was an annihilation. Um, and I've got to say, fellow Pfeiffer, Johnny Thompson, um, was sadly taken from us 91 years ago today uh, on the field of play, as you will all know. So uh, Johnny is the Prince of Goalkeepers and he is in our thoughts and our, in our prayers today. If you have never gone up to the Carden Den, um, not only the gravestone, but there's also the, the parks, the John Thompson Parks, and there's a wee museum in, in the uh, building next to the, the uh, I think it's Seven Aside Parks as well. So take yourself up to Carden Den. There's a few high spots in Fife, Celtic related, that you can, can come and see, Amy. Uh, and that is certainly one of them. I've been up there a couple of times. I was up there with uh, Tom Boyd and Simon Donnelly doing a bit of uh, promotion for an event we were doing in Fife. And it's always a, a beautiful place to visit. So thoughts and prayers with Johnny Thompson. Um, let's start off with yesterday's game then. It couldn't have started off any worse with an injury to Kyogo Furahashi. What were you thinking 90 seconds into that game, Amy? I think um, I think it speaks volumes that, despite that being the star striker, there's still not an intense level of panic. Like There is a panic. Like I'm not saying that oh, it was all OK. Um, I think initially you worry, or I worried automatically about tomorrow, didn't actually even worry about Sunday, um, Saturday, sorry. So I thought, oh, Gigi's coming on. I think that kind of shows the strength and depth that, yes, there's a concern, but it's not like, oh my God, this could totally and utterly change the game now because you're just bringing on one quality striker for another. And I've said it before that actually in these kind of games, I would be probably more inclined to go with Yakamakis mm. because of his presence. Um, and I think he's really troublesome, as was proven throughout, um, throughout the game on Saturday. And I think it will be tomorrow as well. So, yeah, there's always that, like, 
so it didn't look great. I certainly didn't think that there'd be pictures of them in training this morning, um, which have obviously transpired and they've worked their way through through Twitter and into the various group chats. Um, so th there is obviously a, oh, here we go, a game with Kyogo kind of thing that this happened last season that he, he starts firing on all cylinders and then yeah. picks up this injury. So hopefully, and right now it certainly doesn't look to be quite as severe, maybe the fall from the celebrations popped it back into place <laughs> more. So uh, I think that was actually when I was more concerned. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I think uh, the, the actual level of sheer fear isn't what it was or what it could have been purely because of what we have on the bench. And I think that just speaks volumes of the two really high quality centre-half, centre-half, centre-fours that we have at um, our disposal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I remember not that long ago, you think about it in uh, December, Boxing Day against St Johnston. It's a game that we often go back to where Kyoko pulls up injured and we don't have anybody, basically. that The scenario that day was we were throwing in a kid who had been brought in to play B-team football. I mean, he was 18 years of age, Joey Dawson. I thought he equipped himself pretty well, but it just shows you it's night and day when you compare the squad that we had back then compared to the, the squad we had now. And I was sitting here with Lawrence um, and a few others watching the game yesterday. Uh, and when it happened, the first thing is you, you want Kugo to be fit for Tuesday night. You know, it instantly comes into your mind. You want us to have these players fit. But on the other hand, I was looking at Yakamakis. The way he's performed against Rangers previously, he's a bully, right, on the park. He's a nuisance. He gives no one an inch. Um, he basically uh, spreads them all over the back line. And um, he doesn't give them a minute. And another thing I love about Yakamakis, he constantly moaning at the ref. And I, I like that. I'm, I'm serious. I, I actually like it because the Kyogo situation will lead us on to refereeing decisions, which um, uh, you know will rage on. Because I, th I thought, and I said on Twitter that I thought uh, Walsh had an absolute howler at the weekend. A few people disagreed with that. I mean, you've just got to look at um, the guy who's injured Kyogo, uh, Lundstram. And I counted five. There might have been other offences because once you score the fourth goal, um, you're just celebrating and stuff. So my notes got a wee bit less and less after that, Amy. But you, you can't have five infringements and escape a yellow, at least a yellow. Um, and I mean, it, it doesn't matter how you interpret the rules. You know, someone was saying to me, you don't get booked in the first minute of a, of a derby. Why? Does the rules change in the first minute of a derby? Of course they don't. You know, if it's an infringement and it's a bookable offence, you get booked. Um, you had the the elbows uh, to, to Jota. He had a wee cut on his lip. Felt really sorry for him. We cut on his inside his lip. Uh, there was an elbow by Morelos. There was a, an Abada penalty claim. There was a Goldson challenge knee-high on Maeda. And people saying, including Stan Petrov, who I love, by the way, but saying, you know, that's a booking and that's dangerous play. You're endangering the, the opponent. So, you know, I think it's suffice to say, I thought he had a shocking game yesterday. And, yeah, I'm not going to be negative today because we've absolutely pummeled our nearest rivals, Amy. But sometimes it is good to reflect on the referee's performance when you're doing well because otherwise it sounds like uh, sour grapes, doesn't it? Yeah, it's um, a continual theme right now running through... Not even Scottish football as well, because I'm, I'm really not that big on my English football anymore. Um, I'm focusing so much on the Scottish game, and you're trying to keep across six leagues, you can't then keep across a, an EPL as well. But uh, some of the decisions this weekend for the VAR, if there's one weekend that you have to watch match of the day to, to actually just really realise how poor VAR has been down south, I would urge it to be this weekend. There's perfectly fantastic goals, goals mm. of 
month of contenders chopped off. There's howling decisions, um, and I think that just bleeds worry that the fact that you know, at least the, the well, at least the referees down south are full time and they're still making this absolute calamity out of VAR. What the hell is it going to be like when it comes up here? And we've been banging that drum the whole time because people that are operating out are the same people that are taking to the park right now. Um, I don't see how it's, it's going to just cause bedlam up here. It really is. I don't. I, I really fail to understand how any, anyone can fathom that this is going to be a, a positive introduction to the game. I think it's just going to cause so many more arguments. Um, until our referees go full time, the, the standard is never going to get uh, to to improve. Nick Walsh has, you know, had a, had a few bad decisions. Not even the, uh, just in, in Celtic and Rangers games because that's done a few derbies now this season. There was a horrendous one a few weeks ago, and it was Motherwell. Was it Motherwell St Mirren, um, and it was he gave a penalty against the the ball striking the arm. The Motherwell defender was or the St Mirren defender, sorry, was actually out the park. Never struck his arm. He almost just guessed because he actually couldn't see it as well. It was just a horrendous decision. Uh, sent sent a player off for two tackles that are just not no contact involved. So the fact that he gets given this game kind of proves that right now so SFA are thinking that perhaps he's, he's the best man for the job because you're supposed to have the, the, obviously the, the best referee kind of getting these games and, and that wasn't really the case or it kind of then maybe does prove that that's just how bad that the quality is right now that Nick Walsh is the most um, suffice and, and capable as it stands but there was a few shocking decisions I don't know, the Lundstrom one I don't know if over the last few weeks uh, and it has only been two weeks but you know, since the uh, Willie Collum against Hibs and it got rescinded I don't know if there's almost uh, there's a fear uh, to, to book because she player reputation kind of comes into play at times um, who knows that would maybe be a, a factor it shouldn't be but could be um, look there's so many if buts and maybe just, or we're never really actually going to understand why they make the decisions that they do because as you say you can't have five six of those types of fouls and manage to walk away unscathed I know Bizarre, bizarre. Paul McLean, I'm going to bring you in, Paul. Domestic dominance, I know it's difficult today, but calm down a bit. Well, I'll qualify my comment then, Paul. Um, it's not based on one game. It's based on an impact from someone who's come into a club and instilled a culture, uh, a culture of we never stop. Yeah, that's been used and will continue to be used. But a culture also of um, not allowing anything but domination for 90 minutes in every game. That, that's what we never stop really means. You're, you're dominating your, op- your opponent. And if you do that week in, week in, you're going to dominate Scottish football. I mean, we've seen last season... Um, a few blips, Amy, one of them was in the cup in the semi-final, otherwise it could have been um, a treble and the way Celtic are playing just now, the depth of the squad that Ange has built in a very short space of time um, and the nearest challengers yesterday uh, coming up against us and being absolutely obliterated would suggest that uh, we have entered a period of domestic domination. It's not based on one game or one performance. You know, we're analysing every nuance of Celtic on a daily basis. Amy, like you say, I've got no time for English football. Not that, you know, on any given night, if I was to sit down and have time, that, you know, I I probably would sit down and watch it. I have no time to watch it. Um, So, yeah, Paul, I I get what you're saying. Uh, Calm down a wee bit, mate. I get that. But at the same time, I do believe that we are entering a period of domination. I'm going to bring up Red Scotland's point as well. It was only ever a one-season blip, says Red, two seasons ago. 
The club remains the leading entity by the length of Socky Hall Street, both on and off the park, 22 degrees in Pollock, minus five in Ibrox. So I, that that's where I'm coming from. I think that, yeah, uh, last season, um, and I said this during the week and a couple of my co-contributors disagreed, I didn't think the gap was massive. Um, I think that uh, we, we really needed to strengthen the squad. And I, didn't, I don't mean in numbers as such, Amy. There were so many players in the squad who weren't contributing. And what Ange's now got is a group of players who, you know, within that 16 or 18 man squad, will get on to players like Turnbull, etc., Yakamakis, you know, who were on the bench yesterday, who came in, who contribute. Um, we had a, a group of players who weren't contributing. Um, and there's another one I want to bring up from Danny. Thanks for getting involved. Please don't put one player before the other on the podcast. Ange keeps telling us we are a squad of players and that will do for me. Yeah, but at the same time, Danny, if we go out tomorrow night and start James McCarthy and James Forrest, are you quite happy with that? You've got to have a lively debate. You've got to have an opinion and, and then, you know, a balanced opinion and then explain to everybody why you have that. And when you're on the podcast, if we didn't have opinions and, and um, we didn't have that to chat about, would the podcast even exist? Uh, you then become a commentator uh, or a reporter. This is just about Celtic fans opining um, about the last 24 hours on the in the world of Celtic, rather. And Jungle Lion comes in with uh, Lundstrom getting his red card rescinded, unfortunately. You're going to get more of those golden ghost than challenges this season. That's what you were saying, Amy, I think, that, um, you know, reputationally and all this kind of stuff, it shouldn't come into it, but it does seem to come in, into it um, from time to time in the Scottish game. Um, we've spoken about Kyogo, but we have seen some pictures on social media. I think Mark Benstead was saying that Kyogo was a wee bit late at training. Probably done that on purpose, just to fool everybody. Uh, Starfelt. Does look as though he's maybe injured, though. Uh, Amy, how big a blow is that? I know he's he's coming for a bit of stick, but how big a blow is that? That you know, perhaps we're going to be separating Carter Vickers and Starfelt tomorrow night. It's obviously a blow to um, Ange Postecoglou because I think the fact that he started Starfelt yesterday proves, or certainly suggests right now, that he still does believe that, that Starfelt and Carter Vickers are, are the best centre half pairing I don't think that the quality massively drops if you're bringing in Maurice Jens I, I personally don't but you know that's why he's a manager if you're starting him against Rangers you're absolutely going to Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'll be starting against Real Madrid. Um, there's, I, I, I would have been very surprised if both were fit came out that game unscathed and you know Starfield starts on Saturday and he ends tomorrow um, he just he's as a continuity based kind of manager um, that, that the centre half pairing has been pretty set on so 
to us it may seem a blow to others um, or to others they may seem that it, it may be nothing because they think Jens is, is, um, is perhaps better than Starfelt. I think it just shows again the strength and depth and quality that we have that you know there's not a huge panic setting in when a, a starting centre half goes off in a game like this with a game like uh, the calibre of, of Real Madrid tomorrow next up. Uh, I think it just proves that yeah, in the similar way with Kyogo and Yakimakis that strength and depth is finally there. Just finally touching on a game with the domestic domination, like I understand it is that it's a huge statement to make, but I think when you've went now a full season like 38 games, which is a full season now unbeaten, that's domestic domination, isn't it? I know it may not be a season start to season end, but it's a 38-game kind of wheel. It's a turnover. So it is a, a season-long length of, of time totally being undefeated. So I think mm-hmm. that's probably more so that you can now say, or you could say up until now, that we have been experiencing a, a period of domestic domination. And if anything sorry, that continues on from here, that's in excess of a season. I'm glad that at least one person agrees with me, Amy, um, which is sometimes uh, not the case. I, I am keen to bring up as many comments as possible today because it is a Happy Monday. And by the way, there is a link to that because Sean Ryder of the Happy Mondays is coming to speak to me in November. Come along um, at uh, Barra's Art and Design in Glasgow. And you might even get to ask the great man a question. Uh, there have been is it Culture? Aye. Uh, just watch first half again on Celtic TV. Tom Boyd is a true Celtic legend. He is. I mean, he obviously watches a game through green tinted spectacles, Amy, but he is an absolute legend. And I love the fact that he's always pulling up the refs as well. That's what I love about Yakimakis, and that's what I also love about Tommy Boyd. Tommy Boyd was very kind, and there is there is a, a reason for me bringing this up. He was very kind to um, provide me with the foreword for my latest book, which has taken me seven years to uh, pull together, Amy. You, you laugh there. It is um, bizarre how long it's taken. How it's bizarre how long it's taken. Um, four drafts, uh, various various reshoots, etc., etc. But is Tom your name, Boyd. By the way? What is your name? Well, one of the covers set, um, certainly had me as John Paul, and I thought, you know what? Maybe we should just let them go with it. Who knows? Um, but yes, the book is coming out next month. Tom Boyd wrote the foreword, but the reason I'm saying that isn't he trying to try and get some sales, in case you think I'm a mercenary, right? Um, but I was up until half past three this morning, Amy, working, working away on a few yeah. last-minute additions and edits and stuff. And uh, it, it took me back to uh, a comment that was made by the great Pat Woods, who's a brilliant Celtic historian, who's been involved in so many different Celtic books and um, and also documentaries. He's, he's a great researcher. He's an ex-librarian, and it shows. And he once said to me that um, no matter how good your knowledge is on Celtic, there's always something else to find out. And I'm sitting there last night, um, as I say, doing my edits, and I did find something out. I'm going to bring up what it involves, right? Look at this, Amy. That is nothing short of a belter. Would you agree? That is outstanding. Now, everything about this image is iconic, right? That's the man who Brendan Rodgers named his son after, by the way, in case you're wondering. That's Anton Rogan. The hair is is a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty, right? Um... But also the kit that he's wearing. That's the reason I brought this up, right? Who remembers this Celtic jersey? Now, I know it's been reintroduced fairly recently as a, as a kind of reproduction. 
It is a belt, and look at it with the long sleeves, by the way. And I know that uh, I think the reproduction failed to have the white sl uh, sleeves, and they had green sleeves, so just, you know, f for the anoraks out there. But this is a cracking jersey, and there is a brilliant story behind this and every Celtic jersey in the book. Now, this isn't about the book. This is about Celtic history, right? Now, my Bible, Amy, and anybody out there who ever checks Celtic history is the Celtic wiki. So you go in the Celtic wiki, and you get your information, then you double-check it before you put it in the print and blah, 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 right? But there was a wee gap in the... Um, the pre-season following the centenary season where there were six games on a Swiss pre-season tour that the Celtic Wiki don't have the details for but we definitely played them and it was definitely the Swiss tour now it was during that six games that this jersey was worn the one and only time it was ever worn it was released in 1986 as a European jersey we're talking European football obviously tomorrow night. So I'm going to tell you a wee bit about this. I know what I spoil the, the fun when you go out and buy my book. Um, but this jersey was designed, Amy, by a Celtic fan, right? Now, there are two Celtic jerseys, to my knowledge, in the history of the club that were designed by fans. One in the early 70s and this one in 1986. Now, the fan, believe it or not, was Simon Weir. Simon Weir's an actor who was in Trainspotting 2, he was in The Acid House, he was in High Roads, um, he was recently on stage um, for uh, Porno, Orvin Welsh's Porno, right? And he's a big Celtic fan. Now, as a 13-year-old, he thought, wouldn't it be cool if I designed a Celtic strip? So he did just that. And he got his felt pens out and he, he designed this, this jersey and he sent it to Davy Hay, right? And... Uh, David Hay forwarded it to Umbro, who then got in touch with Simon. And Simon keeps a lot of his uh, letters and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then that was the last of it. He never heard anything more about it. And then 1986-87 comes along and he gets the uh, he sees a team group in the pre-season and half the team are wearing this jersey. And he's like, wow, that was the jersey I designed. So Umbro snaffled it, used it. I think Simon's pretty proud of it. And uh, obviously, when I'm going through my research for the book, I'm thinking to myself, right, what can I say about this jersey? That's a great wee quirky tale as to its genesis and, and uh, how it came to be. Where was it worn? Well, it was never worn in a competitive game. The reserves used to wear it, but it was worn in one of these friendlies in the Swiss Tour, Amy, which I'm going to get back to. Now, do people out there know that Hamish McAlpine played for Celtic. You know Hamish McAlpine with that brilliant moustache who played for Dundee United? Well, there's a wee bit of trivia. He retired from the game. This is a bit long-winded, so I apologise, but it's a wee breakaway from the Rangers chat. Um, he retired from the game. He was a Dundee United legend. But Celtic went to Switzerland and they had a goalkeeper crisis. So Pat Bonner was um, under the knife for a back injury, Amy, right? Alan McKnight, who had just played against Dundee United in the Scottish Cup final where we won 2-1, McAvenny scoring both goals, he was in talks with West Ham. He eventually left for 250 grand. And the only other goalkeeper we had on our books was a 19-year-old called Andy Murdoch. So we went to Switzerland, we won goalie. And what happened in the first training session? Andy Murdoch got injured. So we had no keepers, right? So we played six games one of which was in this fantastic jersey. And I'm going to keep Anton Rogan up there for as long as I possibly can. Um, and the game in which uh, we we had uh, Hamish McAlpine in goals, he played four games out of the six, right? He played four games out of the six. 
and we had standing goalies for the other two games and I would challenge anybody with a Celtic state of mind to tell me who played in goals for Celtic in the other two games now I'm going to leave it there and I'll come back to it at the end of the show please remind me Celtic played three trialists over the six games Hamish McAlpine played four games who were the other two goalies that played in the games and the games were against a, a team called Solithorn who still exist and Shenhua I think they're pronounced um, again Solithorn Celtic won 3-1 with goals by Andy Walker who scored a brace and Roy Aiken and again Shenhua Celtic won 4-2 with goals coming from Burns McAvaney Paul McStay and a young guy called Charlie Christie who is the father of Ryan Christie right who were the other two goalkeepers who played as trialists now Amy I, I don't expect you to know that Right, because I didn't know it until half past three this morning. But um, before I, I, I remove this image, how beautiful is that entire image with Rogan's hair and that away strip? It's one hell of a kit, it really is. It's, it's stunning. Um, it's one of those that you can wear, that they're, they're timeless. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, it is an absolute craft. I'm not quite so sure on Anton Rogan's hair, um, but there we go. Uh, but it's it's a beautiful you would say that Uh, it is a beautiful kit and I I love the old kits like that I really do I do yeah Uh, but thanks for leading us into Tom Boyd which then allowed me to bring up that wee bit of Celtic trivia now we spoke about Yakamakis and Maurice Jens I was pretty impressed by with Jens you know I I think there was three or four really timely interceptions I think he's got that um, about um, his play where he he seems to be able to ensure that he's in the right position um, because he can read a game so so well and in Yakimakis I think what we got from him was an indication of what he did against Rangers in February where again we really dominated him at Celtic Park Amy the question is tomorrow night um, it looks as though Starfelt's out. Are you quite happy if we start with Yakamakis and Jens tomorrow night? Yeah, I think they're both really cool, calm, collected customers. I think Jens is really um, quite assured and I'm a big fan of, of his passing ability. I think he's got a real ping on him. Um, but he, he doesn't really look like startled by anything. Um, I know sometimes it can almost go the other way and it can appear cocky or disinterested, but I think that he, he does really know what he's uh, what he's what he's got to do basically uh, and, and I, I really have been impressed by him so far and Yakimak is yet I think this is the, the ideal game for him you know it's going to be a, a, a physical kind of kind of game it's not going to be one where Celtic are going to have a lot of possession um, I know we can kind of dream and you can hope but you know I think you still got to uh, give total respect to Real Madrid, they're the European champions for a reason and they will come and, and dominate possession so it won't be a game that Kyogo's going to get to have a lot of runs uh, in and behind you know, Real defence are very clued up on this um, and I think it will be a game that the long ball I know Angel doesn't always particularly like it but I think it will need to be a, um, a well used tool tomorrow uh, and, and Yakimakis is obviously the, the guy that you want on the end of that, but I do think that his yeah his, his physical presence and just his his battling kind of nature and happy to you know there, like I say there's not going to be a lot of ball playing on the deck as much as you want it. I don't think there, there will be the, the space for it, and you'll be asking your wingers to get balls into the box in trouble at defence. And Yakimakis is uh, is going to be able to do that. Well, let me it just say, I'm sorry, I'm seeing the, the comments coming in. She given must have been about five. Shea Given would have been too young in 1988. In fact, let me check. What what age was Shea Given? Come on, let's bring this up, right? Now, I'll tell you what, right? As I say, 
I've done a lot of research over the years. I don't see myself as a Celtic historian, but when you're doing that research, you pick up a lot of information. Um, Shea Given was born in 1976. Wow. He was 12. He would have been 12 at that time. So no, it wasn't Shea Given. It's probably someone you wouldn't expect because they were really a, a, you know, a team in crisis at that point. Uh, we had no one else to put in goals and we only had a 16-man squad over in Switzerland with no goalie who played in the first two games. There you go. If anybody gets it, you know, you deserve maybe a Real Madrid ticket for tomorrow night or something because it's that hard a question. I don't expect anybody to get it. I really don't. Um, now, the Urban Culture, I have always said next season is when we make a big impact in Europe. Be patient. I think the bulk of these players will hang around for that. Well, we have spoken, Amy, about this um, cycle that Celtic seem to have with players. We bring them in. We put them on a platform. We develop them and uh, they get what they want and we get what we want. Um, and that has always been the big kind of um, strategy that Celtic have had in terms of recruitment. You buy them fairly cheap, you sell them at a massive profit. And I, I was always of the belief that if we could make 10 million quid on a player, we'd sell any player. Um, and there was a period of time that, you know, you kind of thought if there was one player going to stay at Celtic, it was going to be Kieran Tierney. And then he maybe changed a lot of people's views on the modern game. I remember Tierney, it was the Scottish Cup final uh, where we beat Hearts 2-1. Uh, Edward scored the winner, you'll remember. And uh, it wasn't a great game, but before it, I do remember being um, quite near the front for some reason. I wasn't sitting near the front, but Tierney was walking around and he was gutted and he was talking to the Celtic fans about missing out in that game. And I, I remember think, thinking to myself, you know, it's fine, he's going to have so many more opportunities to play in Scottish Cup finals for Celtic. And lo and behold, we sell him for £25 million. I am a wee bit concerned because there are so many assets in the Celtic team now. And there are guys like the, the man I want to speak about next, Matt O'Reilly, um, who will undoubtedly be uh, monitored now I don't think it's Leicester because they didn't have uh, enough money to afford them but there are going to be teams that will be interested in O'Reilly and quite rightly so I mean two or three weeks ago I said that he's not got started this season and then he's put in two performances against Dundee United and Rangers that were absolutely off the scale uh, three assists I made it yesterday how impressed have you been with Matt O'Reilly and in particular yesterday just got to enjoy them while we've got them because I don't think it's going to be long. Like I know we can have this uh, hope that players are maybe going to stay for the length of the contract or whatever, but I think you know Matt O'Reilly is, is really destined for the very, very top. I think it'll be remarkable if we start having this time next season. He is that good. He's, he's so ready to go to the, the absolute top. Um, I just, yeah, it's just one of those, you've just got to like drink it in while you've got him because he's a bit, his ability on and off the ball is is frightening. I don't know a more technically gifted player that I've seen. He, he controls the game so well and, and controls the game so well. You know, even when he's, you know, he, he didn't notch up a goal against Andy United uh, and yet he was still a man of the match. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, I think he's, yeah, properly world-class. Like, it's a phrase that's kind, kind of chucked around um, too loosely, but the guy is unbelievable. Like, you just have to like sit back and go, wow. And now anything that he kind of does, you know, nothing surprises you. I think in the first well, you know, last season when it was the first six months of, of having him here, mm-hmm. um, I just think you were like, wow, what, what is, what's the catch with this guy? Because if he's this good, why has nobody picked him up already? But there is no catch. I think it's just one of those, you know, the gems that we all talk about uh, that sometimes somehow get lost within football and it's, it's a real sin. You know, Matt O'Reilly was ridiculously close to that um, after it not really working out at Fulham. Um, but yeah, he is unbelievable. The real deal. You you know, I remember quite a few years ago now, um, the Van Dyke signing and people asking the questions that you've just raised there, Amy. Um, what is the catch? Why on earth is he at Celtic? Why did we get him? Why did someone else not identify this player? Um, and then there was a kind of thought process that, you know, the, the, there are trends in football, aren't there? And, and signing players from certain regions, uh, uh, you know, before you know it, the market becomes saturated because, you know, if there's one or two successes, everybody dives in and, you know, all the players are getting, you know, bought up and put in under 23 squads before Celtic get a sniff at them. Um, and you kind of feared that that might have happened with quite a lot of the markets. But then what Hans has done is he's just started, you know, implementing this case, same recruitment drive and recruitment plan regardless of where players are based so we've actually bought Starfield from a Russian club um, you know we've gone into the Japanese market for the first time in something like 15 years and it frustrates me that there must have been so much talent in that, that period of time Amy, that we haven't identified that we haven't brought to Celtic Park and then as you say you've got O'Reilly who was out the game for months and months and months um, after he left M- uh, Fulham for MK Dons and you know he's a player that you look at and you think how on earth did we get him for one and a half million quid I mean going back to the time of Rogan and all that you know we, we were signing players like Stuart Slater in the early 90s for 1.5 million pounds that's how much we got Matt O'Reilly for you know and you've just got to continually read that statement that is astonishing that we managed to get him for that kind of money um, it always comes with a kind of concern it does always come with a concern but what I would say is um, to to strengthen your kind of uh, your hopes and your optimism we got through that that uh, transfer window without selling yeah. any of our assets, yeah. you know, despite the rumours. Because remember, you and I were on one Monday going on about we're not going to sell anybody, and then 
your guy Romano uh, disagreed with us on Twitter and said that yes, Juranovic is away. Uh, but we were right. By the way, there's another one we were right about, Amy. Um, <laughs> yep. Yakamakis. Uh, it's incredible to suggest uh, after the game against Alawa that he couldn't trap a bag of cement in a phone box. And tomorrow night we'd be quite happy for him to start against Real Madrid. Um, are we fickle, us football fans, Amy? Football fans, fickle. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that I want a really to be away this time next season as well. Uh, and I understand, I really understand the culture that, that Ange Postecoglou's built and, you know, getting to speak to the players, like, you can tell when you're one-on-one with a player, you can really tell when they're like flying uh, and when they're not. And there is a real belief here that, you know, that they do want to say. But you can't suggest that if a, a huge money offer comes... Because I, I I know what is huge money, right? But, you know, if a 35, 40 million pound deal, I'm not saying that they, that might happen, but let's just say if Kieran Tune a few years ago was 25 million, let's just say to, to, to be even bigger than that, let's go 30 for any... O'Reilly, Hitati, whoever it may be, um, you know, this is extremely hard to, to turn down and depends on where it is. Um, so not that I, I'm, I'm wishing I'm away in, in any sense, but I think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't totally be surprised if a huge money deal came in this time next season because he is that good already that, you know, he's not going to go and sit on the bench somewhere. He is good enough for, for first team football anywhere. Um, he's an outstanding talent. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm just still laughing at what game did you not think that Matt Raley or Matt Raley had a slow start to the season um, right up until the Dundee United game I just thought you know he's really not been impactful and I wasn't calling for his head to be fair <laughs> uh, but it just proves you know I, I don't come on here and say uh, I'm the oracle and everybody must agree because that's clearly not the case Amy um, and you look at a player like Matt O'Reilly and you think to yourself there are certain examples where players are given an opportunity uh, to develop their game I'm going to use Andy Robertson as an example here right? so you've got a guy in, in Andy Robertson uh, who obviously everybody knows his story he was at Celtic as a kid he's released, he's 2 wee, all this kind of stuff he goes and works in Marks and Spencers and he plays part time for Queen's Park and um, he's actually spotted by Jackie McNamara and Simon Donnelly playing for Queen's Park and I've asked both of the, those guys about Robertson, and um, they they said it took them a wee while to actually bring him in. But the point is, when he's then taken to Dundee United, how many players have we seen given that opportunity and then they take a step back? Who's the guy? Simon Murray, he did that, right? So you get that opportunity to step up, and it's at the right time, and you're able to. So you're developing as a player, you're developing physically. Andy Robertson then becomes a very decent player for Dundee United. Next thing you know, the next step is up up to Hull City. Uh, and everybody now knows he's become a European Cup winner at Liverpool, etc. But O'Reilly's got that in him, I think. You've got that step up to Celtic, which came last season. And he did it without missing a beat. I remember his first game, the passing, you were thinking to yourself, like you say, where's the catch? Is this a flash in the pan? It's not. And then the next challenge is tomorrow night. So he's he's come in and he's got to grips with Scottish football after a slow start this season. And then tomorrow night, Champions League. So there's the next step up for Matt O'Reilly. And I've got absolutely no doubt that he, like Andy Robertson, will just take that step and, and take it in his stride. I really do. I think Van Dyke did that as well. It got to the point with Van Dyke where he became too comfortable in Scottish football. 
that's where he, he became a wee bit lacklustre, didn't he? Be, you know, a wee bit complacent. Um, and then I felt that eventually he stopped performing on the European stage for Celtic. He had to get a move at that point. But again, he then moves to Southampton. He's able to acclimatise pretty quickly and he moves to Liverpool. And I think O'Reilly's like that. He'll, no matter what his company is in terms of the talent and the standard of football and the competition that he's playing in, I, mean, I, I think give him a few weeks or months and he will adapt. Um, and we will see him at some point in the future, unfortunately, um, making Celtic very rich. Uh, I also want to talk, he's only 21, which is incredible. Um, Abada, 20. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, Maeda is getting the nod over Abada. Um, I think he, he's looking a lot stronger this season, Amy. If there was one thing you might want to pick up on last year is he, was, he looked a wee bit lightweight. He seems as though he's really firmed up. He's put on a bit of muscle. Uh, and he has started this season off in astonishing kind of fashion. If there's going to be somebody to open the scoring tomorrow, it could well be him. Yeah, the the, uh, the the biceps are certainly filling the shirt a little bit more now. You can see that. Uh, well noticed. That's not me staring. Like it's not. <laughs> um, but I agree. I do think like he has bulked out a bit, um, and you can see it like in, the, in his hold up play even, and you know bursting into the box because there was a few times that there was almost the frustration last season that he, he overran it right to the byline few times that you're like, right, could have got the cross in, but now he's even taken on the defender instead, and maybe not an extra touch to the byline, but an extra touch inwards as well, um, so I do think like that's it's all a part of it, but yeah, he's he's just like never like goes in a huff, like look how well he played the times last season, and he was dropped, he was scoring and then he yeah. was dropped um, he, he nabbed an assist and he was, or he was dropped, and then he came on for 20 minutes scored a goal, and then never started the next game game, next again game, sorry um, and then this season, yeah, Maeda got the, the nod uh, at the start and then he just sort of like slowly worked his way in and it's seamless uh, he's, he's so frighteningly good for his age and it's it's just a joy that the, the, the options that you have, you know many do think that Maeda may start tomorrow for, for the pace, I wouldn't like disagree with that but how can how can you drop a badder right now you know the guy you, you go with like confidence momentum not that my has probably not got that because why wouldn't you um it's just it it, is, it really is frightening the strength and depth and it, it's going to work either way that you, you you start one or the other and you bring the other on for 20 30 minutes and um, they're both going to have an impact either either way so for a badder just i think his attitude is just it's, it's you know is exemplary that he doesn't go in a stroppy little half and remember after what was it after something like five games I don't even think we've done a full round of fixtures last season and there was already the stories coming out oh Celtic's just a stepping stone um, and you know that is just the media at their very best and I can say that they're just trying to get a, a line uh, it's trying to be a, a bit of a stirrer as well so he had to deal with that he got asked questions about that by, by other outlets and you know he just took that all in his stride and, and dismissed it in a way that wasn't disrespectful to, to Celtic and certainly wasn't disrespectful to any future move that will inevitably happen because again at this age you know if you get a good few years out of him then it's outstanding because this is everything that you really want this young winger who can score goals and is so happy to, to take players on he's got that versatility as well not that you would favour him to go through the middle, but you know he, he can play through the middle as well. Um, but his versatility, as well as Maeda's and Joffa's, you know, it just allows for them all to exhibit their, their skills in so many various positions and in so many various different ways. It's like it is frightening. The, the quality mm. is unbelievable. 
Yeah, and the options because, like you say, there there are so many players, and Haksabanovic probably comes into this category where they can play two or three different positions, and then you know that's probably the reason why we didn't go and buy an out and out striker before the window shut, um, because we do have a player like Maeda or a Bada who can go through the middle. Haksabanovic even um, could go through there if necessary, and again, it's uh, a moment to reflect on the celebration of Abada as well. It was uh, Leon Keating who uh, tragically passed away and um, Lauren Keating was the mother of uh, Leon. She was speaking about uh, the tragic circumstances of the 14-year-old who was a big Celtic fan and it was really fitting and great to see Abada going and getting that T-shirt and paying tribute to the young kid. Uh, may he rest in peace as well. So that was brilliant to see. And uh, Abada is absolutely brilliant to see. But how on earth could we go through a one-hour post-match the day after uh, Monday show and no mention Jota? I mean, we've talked about Abada and O'Reilly and all these guys. Jota, it just gets better and better. Now, that goal there, um, here's another bold prediction because it's a Monday and we've just beat Rangers 4-0 and I've said that we're on a period of domestic domination. So I'm going to say these things. That could be the goal of the season. Now, it starts off with McGregor. The quick thinking of McGregor when everybody else is on a back foot takes that. That that is, you know, brilliant from you the captain. That angle, like Giovanni Van Bridal, who is is it? Being sports, it's uh, it's wasn't Sky, it wasn't the rights holders, but there's another camera, obviously, and the focus. You can see the way that they're slightly panned differently. That you can see Giovanni Van Bronckler pointing to to Matt O'Reilly that no one's marking, and then like he just crouches down with like his head in his hands because he realised obviously that. These players are far too busy arguing. There's just something else that we can touch on, but I'll aye, go back. If you've not caught that, I highly recommend it because it's quite funny. What, the, the arguing? No, no, The bickering? No. Or, or, oh, or Gio just being Gio devastated? Like, aye, devastated. It's a great aye. angle. Don't let that ball go to O'Reilly, but it did. What a pass to uh, Yota and people were, were saying and I think there was a few comments Larson-esque finish when it, when he finished it I thought it was an Abada-esque finish because uh, he scored a similar one against Sunday United um, and again an iconic celebration I've got to say when he celebrated uh, the first thing that sprung to my mind and I know there's been a lot of chat online was Wee Jinky yeah. I just thought about Wee Jinky and that celebration where his head's down his arms up uh, one way or another, it was a phenomenal finish. And what we have in Yota now is someone who really is uh, getting that consistency that perhaps he didn't have last last year. And I'm sure that comes with being settled and being galvanised within his team. And again, another player, Amy, that we're going to have to, at some point in the next five years, replace because he's so good. Can you remember? I think it's after, after Scottish Cup semi-final. It was a Monday that we came on. Um, and he hadn't been bad. I think I think it was because I'm sure it's a Hamden. Uh, it hadn't been bad, but it wasn't one of Yota's greatest. And I said that like this shouldn't change anything. That we should still like go to sign him in the summer. Uh, and there was folks like some comments coming in. Like, oh no no no, he's not cut out to be. And I remember a comment came in. He's just the Portuguese Mickey Johnston. That's um, right. That is right. Yeah. yeah. Was it not the two one Scottish Cup semi final? I think it is the Scottish yeah. Cup semi final because I think it's Hamden that nobody was really great. We were all kind of quite often but I actually thought that Jota was at least trying to create something and there was more just frustration. He was cutting in from the left and, and nothing really was coming off. And it was, I think he, he was shooting from distance and I think they're maybe still coming down now. Maybe that's why folks thought they were. But I just got like, he's just a Portuguese Mikey Johnston. And I did screenshot that one because I thought, that's either, well, it's going to come back and bite one of us. Um, but it did make me laugh. But oh, the guy is, 
unbelievable. He just plays with slippers on it. Like, he's so, so good. It's a, it's a joy to watch him. He's just loving every single second of it. Mm. Um, his interview with uh, with Jonathan Sutherland at the BBC later on was brilliant as well. And he's trying to ask, like, oh, what, what does this mean for the kind of title race? And I know people don't like those type of questions, but they create a response like that. So I know you can kind of go, ha-ha, but it creates a great response and everyone's talking about it. And that's as any media or any company you want you want that kind of attention so to get that it was brilliant and i'm just going oh, just 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 chill just chill <laughs> um that that's just i just think that's brilliant um but he's playing with slippers that finish is just beautiful i think the, the quick thinking of mcgregor o'reilly and yotta you know not even taking in the rest of the team who were clued up as well but just the three of them so instinctive mm. you know right the, the pass from o'reilly it's just one of those you watch on repeat because um, it's pitch perfect, it's, it's inch perfect. It's like you cannot, if you had to like sum up a defence splitting pass, that's what you draw. It's like you know, football tweets. Um, he's brilliant, <laughs> and he, he does these little sketches. It was like lol, lol, yeah, and lol. Yeah, like, that's just what it is because yep. it's something that you would draw out. It's FIFA esque, whatever you want to call it. Like the quick thinking. Is, see the thing when I played, I, I could see the passes. I just couldn't make them. Can you pull them off? <laughs> there you go. So it's even it's, it's the ability, it's, it's quick thinking and the ability to do so as well. It's uh, it's. Liquid football. Uh, it is. The synergy is unreal between the, the team at the minute. And uh, Yota, I, I look at him and I, I think back to that time where he signed and we, we had access to the press conference and he was talking about, I think it was Hamish Carton asked about the, the game whereby he was at the game over in uh, Portugal and he swapped his Benfica scarf with a Celtic fan and he still had it and all that. And I know we've had this in the past, Amy. We've had players who try and you know, endure, you know, endear themselves to the Celtic support by saying oh, I've supported the club all my life and all this stuff. Um, and famously or infamously, Paolo Di Canio uh, used to play with the green and white Shibuto team because he loved the strips and all this uh, kind of stuff. Turns out to be a mercenary, as a lot of them did. But you, you believed you, you believed what he was telling you when when Yota said that. And he was talking about, obviously, you know, being born, his hometown being in Lisbon and the connection between Celtic and Lisbon. So from a very, very early stage, I, I kind of bought into him. And I just think this season so far, he's been astonishing. He had a great season last year, but there were moments where, you know, he wasn't really on it. This time round, he looks as though he means business every single game. Um, and... He's got this knacky killing a ball that's uh, mid-flight. He's done it a few times. Tam Selleck on Twitter, at some point, will do a compilation. But he just kills the ball in flight. It's unbelievable, Amy, the, the ball control that he has. Um, and here's one for you as well. Liam Carrigan, um, one of the newest contributors to a Celtic State of Mind from Celtic Down Under. I loved chatting to him about our four Japanese signings because uh, he watched all four players uh, closely for years before the sign for Celtic. He's based in Japan, is Liam. Uh, one thing he said to me, which uh, you know really stood out recently, was that Idiguchi was as good as Rio Atate over in Japan. Um, now, when you look at the performance of Rio Atate, and, and in particular the, the performance yesterday, the cross-field pass, unbelievable. And when you've got someone with that specialist knowledge of Japanese football having watched both players for a number of seasons saying to you but you've not seen Idiguchi yet you've not really seen the guy yet um, that's frightening but so is the performances at the moment of Hatate. he's actually improved from last season isn't he? 
he didn't think that. But we we hoped that he could because everyone just kept going. Oh, what's he going to be like when he's got a full free full pre-season fight? I'm sorry, and not playing a season and a half and, and kind of getting burnout. But oh, he's so silky. The crossfield passing is a dream, and you know sometimes they're, they're too audacious and and they don't work out. But he is the first one. If he doesn't think it's going to work out, he's first one following it through or tracking back to get back into shape. His, his work rate is. I, I don't know who matches it. Um, it's so so good, and I don't mind that. Like the, the confidence in your ability to, to try some of these, they, they don't turn out. But you, I think they're the ones that you almost draw on more because the, the good and successful ones, after turn after turn after turn, you just come to expect it. But to be that, yeah, confident in your ability and, and to have that confidence in your teammates as well that, that they could turn out. I, I just thinking he's a he's a player uh, and. Uh, I remember his debut um, against Hibs at Parkhead and we were just like sitting around like my dad and my uncle and just going oh my god like this is mm. unreal and as you say he, he has only got better he looks so fit as well, looks so sharp um, he's just so like nifty, it's it's a joy to watch there's no there's nobody that's not a joy to watch uh, and, and, and you know what a time to, to follow in the Celtic. Ah definitely you, you talked about his um his work rate and I always remember Stan Petrov about 20 minutes into a game looked as though someone had thrown a bucket of water over him and Hatati's got that about him as well because he just never stops running uh, Magnet 67 afternoon Axom team what a performance atmosphere and result uh, Tifo as well the most amazing thing is though we will still get better and this is the thing as well again I really love chatting to uh, the likes of Liam and Jared um, who have got a really good knowledge of Ange Postecoglou pre-Celtic talking about the way that he builds his squads is, he, he, you know basically he's looking for people to fit a system he's not looking to build the team around anybody Amy, so that no matter who it is if someone was to leave then he will identify a replacement based on the system and he will be able to, to recruit someone else to fit in which fills me with a, a bit of kind of uh, optimism for the future because modern football being the way it is we have a brilliant uh, performance or two in, in the Champions League this season and the Vultures will be circling Celtic Park. David Nunnery Donny boy, keep the faith and just building something special. Why can't we become a force in Europe again and challenge for silverware on all fronts? Now I know the game has changed um, immeasurably since the 1960s but when you talk to some of the old heads that used to go and watch Celtic in you know, 1963-64, Amy they'll tell you that the European Cup and European football, even domestic uh, successes, seem so far away from them that um, it did take something monumental as Jockstein coming in. Um, Ange Postecoglou does have um, ambitions in Europe, so let's have a wee chat about tomorrow night. It would be rude not to. I know there's only eight, eight minutes to go. Um, and the European chat will take us back into the wee challenge that I set you all um, around that European jersey that Anton Rogan was wearing earlier. Which two goalkeepers played for Celtic uh, over and above Hamish McAlpine in the 1988 Swiss pre-season tour? I'll tell you what, it doesn't get more anorak than that, does it, Amy? Um, Real Madrid tomorrow night, how on earth do you How on earth do you fancy your chances? But somehow we do. How's that? I mean, I'm, I'm going for 2-2. Two, two. Are you? 2-2, two, two. tomorrow night, yep. I'm not... And we'll take the lead. Right? Through who? I'm just going to ask you if you don't need to ask me. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a badder. 
it would not surprise me if he ghosted somewhere in that box and opens a scoring and the roof comes off the place. Um, but yeah, I can see one of those nights. Listen, every single time you open your mouth on Axom, you are setting yourself up for somebody to screenshot what you've said and make you out to be an absolute idiot. That's fair enough. Uh, I'm feeling bold today and I'm saying that uh, we've already seen the goal of the season and we're going to draw two each with Real Madrid tomorrow night. Why not? What's your thoughts in the comments? Let me know. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? What do you think, Amy? I I think it will be a famous night at Parkhead. And that's all I'm saying. Well, you don't get a famous night on each draw, do you? Well, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's up to you to decide. Um, if anyone's got a free ticket let me know so I can be there for the famous night um, but I'm liking the result of the world the predictions that are coming in some are very interesting yeah I mean again right no matter what happens tomorrow night right the very fact right that Ange Postecoglou has instilled a belief in a Celtic fan base <laughs> we that we are sitting here talking about beating Real Madrid right I mean, I, I remember back 10 years ago uh, to the Barcelona game and you were basically just wanting to enjoy the experience. You didn't think for a minute that we were going to get a result. Um, by the way, we've had 1,000 on the live chat, so thanks everybody for getting involved. We absolutely love going out and we'll continue to go out streaming every day at half past 12 and for every game as well. Yeah, we get it wrong. Yeah, you can take the mick about some of the things that we come away with and our bad takes. But you know yeah. what? When you're talking every day about Celtic, you're going to get some of it wrong. And we are talking through green tinted spectacles. We are fans. Um, you do get a wee bit emotional, particularly after the games. Uh, look at this. Look at this. This is uh, no danger, says Tommy Gordon. Well, we'll see what happens, right? Uh, Alan Robertson is asking if it was Alan McKnight. Alan McKnight was still with the club, Alan, right? But he didn't travel to Switzerland because he was tying up a deal with West Ham. Celtic had offered him a four-year contract. Um, his last game, of course, was in the Scottish Cup final against London United in 1988. But Alan decided instead to go to West Ham because he thought he would get first-team football there. Um, and he signed for West Ham for 250 grand. So it wasn't Alan McKnight. Um, it wasn't Pat Bonner because he was on the treatment table. The guy who would have played would have been Andy Murdoch, who left to join Partick Thistle and later on became a thinking inspector in Strathclyde Polis, later to be known as uh, Police Scotland. I think he's still there, actually. But Andy Murdoch got injured in the first training session over in Switzerland. So we eventually drafted in Hamish McAlpine for the last four games. But which two goalkeepers played in the first two games? That's the question. I should have put a prize on this, eh? I really should have. Will I bring up Anton Rogan again? Any excuse to bring up this picture of the strip? This is what got us chatting about this, right? Here is the legendary Anton, um, who Brendan Rodgers named his son after, allegedly. And I say allegedly because it was Brendan that said it. Um, Anton Rogan wearing a, a very iconic would you say? Is it a cult classic Celtic European jersey? Never worn in a competitive game. It was worn in a friendly in the Switzerland uh, pre-season trip. That's why we're talking about it. Anyway, you will know that Hamish McAlpine played four games for Celtic in this particular pre-season tour, but who played the first two? Shall I just put you all at your miseries? I think Alan Ruff's a great show. That's who I would have went. Listen, is that, somebody said that, right? Because that is relevant. That's what I just... Let's get a few of these. I met him at a few weeks ago, so he's in my head right now. Oh, did you meet him? Uh, I've met him a few times at Partick, yeah. 
there's a great there's a great story about Ruffy, but you know what? We'll come back to that, okay? We'll come back to that. A great story about Ruffy that I, that I bumped into him one time, and it was very very funny. Um, Alan Ruff was the goalkeeper we went out and bought due to this goalkeeper crisis. So okay. good shout, but he wasn't at the club at this time. And Lubo uh, comes in to see Ian Andrews. He was the other player that we bought in the pre-season. So can you imagine, Amy, right? We've just won the double, right? We draw, I think it was uh, Borussia Dortmund in the European Cup first round, right? You imagine there was Twitter back then because our pre-season consisted of signing Alan Ruff, who had basically went over to Orlando to go into kind of semi-retirement right yeah. after playing with Hibs and Partick Thistle for years. We brought him out of kind of semi-retirement and we signed Ian Andrews from Leicester City, I think for 250 grand, right? We bought two goalies. That was our pre-season business. It wasn't Ian Andrews, Lubo, but that's a good shout as well. You're in the right kind of ballpark in terms of the era. Um, you're not going to get it because uh, I didn't have a clue, I've got to say. And I, you know, I did not have a clue. So... The first game we played, Amy, was against Solothurn, right? They're a club from Switzerland who still exist. We beat them 3-1, as I said before. Andy Walker scored a brace. Roy Aiken scored the third goal. In goals was the Solothurn reserve goalie. Oh, 20, come on. 21-year-old Marcus Knorr. Listen, it's Celtic trivia, Amy. Who on earth out there would have known that? I'm trying to spread the good word. In the second game against a team that I think is pronounced Shenhua. I think it's pronounced that. We beat them 4-2 after they took the lead. And in goals, this is a little bit better, was the Swiss international legend, Eric Burgener, who won 64 caps for Switzerland. He played for Celtic that day. I don't think there's any photographs out there existing, but for any anoraks, there's your pub question. No one will ever get it. And I was prepared to give away a Real Madrid ticket if anybody well, no got that. Well, no wonder that limit answer because you were well safe we're coming out like Alan Ruff and the Stuart Kerr's just came in as but well but er- right? Eric Burgener would have been a good shout because he's obviously a well known iconic legend of Swiss football 64 caps he stepped in he got interviewed after the game um, and he spoke about this great club Celtic but he did play so there you go three trialists six games Swiss trip 88 and we wore that jersey for the first and only time uh, sported by Brendan Rodgers' um, hero, Anton Rogan. Sons Talking to Brendan Rodgers, it's funny how things turn out, Amy, yeah? Oh, well, yeah, lol. <laughs> lol, indeed. 1,000 plus a year are tuning into a Celtic state of mind. It's an absolute pleasure to be speaking to Amy. Enjoy it while you can because um, you're going places, Amy. I'm absolutely sure of that in the world of broadcasting in Scotland. And when it happens, we will all bid you a, a farewell and hopefully your fee's not too high to get you back on Axon <laughs> in the future. Um, but at this moment in time... Like Matt Riley. Yeah, exactly. At this moment in time, enjoy it. Underneath the video if you enjoy what we do not just with the streaming but also with the fully produced stuff then vote for us at the awards because we do like an award we like a night out Amy and this year it's done in Manchester and we would like to bring it home so vote for us just click on the link and vote today's your last chance and we could bring up another award from Manchester an absolute pleasure every single day uh, with a thousand Celtic fans on the comments there's big Anton Rogan with the best hairdo I've seen in many many years um, all that's left for me to say, Amy Canavan, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.